Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another wonderful edition of the Locked On Blues podcast. It's been a minute. We haven't recorded in a while, but we are back. I am your host, Josh Hyman. And I'm Thomas Welch. And we got a fun one for today. Uh, right now, I mean, we always got a fun one. Right now, we're, we're right around the one-year anniversary of the start of the Stanley Cup final from last year. Uh, at this time, a year ago, we were four games in. So Tommy and I are going to go for a little throwback, going to go for a little stroll down memory lane and kind of break down those first four games because um, we never really got the chance because we didn't have the podcast at the time. So we've never really That's given true. our thoughts on the individual games. So we'll, we'll get into that. Um, but first, I want to remind you all that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar but it tastes like a candy bar, go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get $10 off your first order. Oh, love it. Um, all right. Before we, uh, before we get into anything, uh, Tommy and I kind of just felt the need to speak up on, uh, relevant issues lately. Obviously, as you all know, uh, this past Sunday, there was a horrific incident, um, in Minnesota, an unarmed black man, George Floyd was killed at the hands of, at the hands of police and there have been resulting riots and resulting protests. And Tom and I just felt like we, we wanted to, for our own sake, but also for the community and locked on as a whole, we wanted to speak up, give our thoughts, um, and just sort of let you know our feelings on that. Uh, first thing I'm going to say is obviously in a time like this, uh, even though I can't physically relate firsthand to what it must be like to fear for my life every day because of the color of my skin. I'm not trying to infringe on that, not trying to step on that, but I do want to, uh, do want to highlight the fact that I do stand with the black community at a time like this, stand with George Floyd, um, stand with all these people going through difficult times at a time like this. Um, it's been highlighted, uh, especially lately, but it's, it's, it's a constant problem in our society that people deal with every single day. Um, and this is a really good, uh, time for us to stand together as a community, uh, it doesn't matter your skin color. It doesn't matter your your political affiliation. Um, it, this isn't this isn't a good. This isn't a you versus me problem. This is just uh, a problem of our community versus our, our culture. And we can all band together at a time like this to support the cause. Um, you know, it can be little things supporting your local black businesses. Um, you know, buying from a, a black owned restaurant, something like that. And then there's a lot of good places you can donate. George Floyd has a, uh, a GoFundMe. There's also the Minnesota Freedom Fund and a lot of various causes you can uh, donate to. So obviously, you know, I don't want to say too much on it because there's been enough words said, enough words spoken, but uh, I encourage you all to take action and do, do something to better the cause, especially in a time like this. Um, that's, that's really all I got to say on, the, on this subject for now. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that's the most important thing to me specifically is action. I mean, it's nice to see all the kind words and people talking about that. And even the blackout yesterday was cool to see. Um, but really, it is about action. And that's what's going to uh, create progress, I think. Um, and I think there's two main ideas that everyone can agree on here is that we want to live in a world um, that lives and breathes equality mm-hmm. and also that bad cops should not exist. So I think like baby steps in the right direction could potentially be like, if you think about gun laws, you could think about like stricter background checks and more intense training for cops, just something like that. Even something as simple as that can, can start the ball rolling in the right direction and just, Keep having conversations. If you're having conversations with your parents, 
with your kids, with your brothers and sisters, anybody that disagrees with you. I, it can be frustrating at times. I've been down that road. I'm continuing to go down that road. Um, but having that conversation, going out and doing good deeds and like showing, even showing love to people, like going to a peaceful protest, go make your voice be heard. Um, reach out to other people in your community that feel the same way as you or might feel differently than you. Just have that conversation. I feel like that's important uh, for everybody. So, Right. And I think the last thing I, I want to say, and I think I can speak for Tommy as well, is we here at, at Locked on Blues, um, we're not pro-police, anti-police, pro-looting, anti-looting, pro-riot, anti-riot. We're, we're both just pro-equality. Um, exactly. You know, pro every human being have having equal rights, equal opportunity in this country. Um, and I know both of us feel the same way that when there's an issue um, that really hits home for us and, you know, something that we really take, take issue with, we're going to speak up. Um, everyone's entitled to their own reaction, their own opinion. But at the end of the day, I think we should all be pro equality. We should want what's right. And like I said, like we both said, it comes down to taking action. Um, you know, obviously speak up when you believe in something, but at the end of the day, it's really about the actions that we can take uh, to better ourselves as a community. And I hope that we all can all agree on that and, and do our, do our part to, um, to better ourselves and hopefully grow from this and learn from this. And if you do, if you do want to attend a peaceful protest, um, there's a Facebook page that I just recently followed called expect us. Um, I think the U S is capitalized, but it's specifically St. Louis, peaceful protests and it tells like when everything's going on and like shares videos and stuff like that um so i would recommend following them if you're interested in that but yeah everything that josh said mm -hmm. i agree with i think from a young age um i was taught treat other the treat other people the way you want to be treated and i think um i think everyone can kind of take away from that and that's a good kind of rule of thumb to follow so mm -hmm. All right, let's uh, let's move on. Uh, I think we've both said our said our piece on that. You know, you've, if you guys are following us on Twitter, you know our thoughts on that. But uh, there's, you know, let's let's try to get some. Uh, let's try to to move on. I know it's been at the top of our timeline, the top of our thoughts for the last few weeks. So let's 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 see if we can uh, distract ourselves from a little bit. Let's talk some blues hockey, Tommy. I'm ready. Blues it's, it's hockey. Been a, it's been a while. It's been yeah. a while. So on uh, whatever month is before June, on May 27th. 2019 st louis blues went up to to boston to take on the the bruins in game one of the stanley cup final things started out pretty pretty well for the blues um Braden shen had the only first period goal about seven minutes seven and a half minutes in from schwartz and bowmeister uh, ripped a nice little shot from the slot that beat Rask with the Blues up one nothing, and then quickly early on into the second, Vladimir Tarasenko had a nice wrister that put the Blues up two nothing. But uh, Bruins were really putting on the pressure from then on out. It, it just kind of seemed like the Blues were on their heels, just clinging on by their fingertips. You know, once the Bruins kind of broke out of their little their little slump, they definitely turned it on, turned it up. Um, Connor Clifton made a 2-1 just a minute after the Tarasenko goal. And then 10 minutes later, Charlie McAvoy scored on the power play. So it was 2-2 two -two after two. And then the third period, the Bruins really just locked it down. Uh, Sean Corrali scored in a little little gritty goal out front with the Bruins up 3-2. And then Brad Marchand scored an empty netter to make a 4-2. So, I mean, how are you feeling after game one? If you can um, put yourself in that moment. 4-2 loss on the road, down 1-0 in the first Stanley Cup final. I was not. It's been a long time. I was not feeling particularly good just because 
the sh- I mean, the shot difference, first of all, it's 38 to 20. So Boston had his beat there. But also, like, kind of going hand-in-hand hand with that, the Blues had five penalties. Yeah. Which one of those resulted in a power play goal and a lot yep. of momentum for Boston. Um, Sean Corrales seemed like he had a hell of a game. Uh, and I think both teams really leaned on those third and fourth lines. Because like like kind of what they've been doing all postseason, that's where their depth and that's where they would kind of get the step up on other teams if their first two lines were kind of matched toe to toe with them. Um, so I don't know, man. Like it, I didn't feel I didn't feel terrible, but I I didn't feel great, you know. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely uh, uh, taking the wind out of your sails. Like I was super pumped. We were all super pumped as Blues fans to see them finally in the cup final. And they went out there and they started out pretty hot. And then um, Bruins clearly were the better team second half of the game. And I remember I remember just thinking like, oh boy, the Blues aren't winning this game. Even when it was 2-1, I'm like, oh boy, it's not looking yeah. good. I remember after the game, I think my big thoughts were, okay, you know, you got the taste of the Stanley Cup final. A lot of these Bruins players have been there before. They get it. Um, you've got the taste of it now. Yeah, you took a tough loss, but you're on the road in Boston. You know, it, it, plenty of hockey left to play. Blues have always struggled earlier on in the series. So I, I was I, I was still pretty confident. Like, there wasn't really any less confidence in them winning the series after that point, at least for me. Yeah, um, I definitely I definitely felt a lot better after game two. That yeah, game two let's talk about that game. Huge for momentum. Let's talk about that game. Um, so Bruins came out hot, uh, Blues took a penalty early on. Charlie Coyle scored on the power play just four minutes in. Things started getting a little, a little shaky. I started to get a little worried. Up, up I think that, that goal too was when I realized like, if we keep getting into penalty trouble against this yep. team, like they're just going to capitalize every time. If we stay out of the box, I feel like we'd be, we could like play with them and potentially like beat them obviously, but it'd yep. be a lot closer game if we stayed out of the box. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely a little worrisome at that point. But then I think when I started feeling good, uh, about five minutes later, Robert Bortuzzo scores on a wrister, and I feel yeah. like I anytime feel like, Bort scores, you're like, oh shit! That, <laughs> now was we're vibing. That the, was that the one where he just like took a shot from like no angle? I think it, so. He and like it went, went around, in like right? yeah, and it went in right. like absolute top corner. I think that's kind of like the oh, goal where I was like, yes. okay, okay. Maybe the Blues are going to get some luck. Maybe the bounces are going to go their way. And when you got guys like Robert Bertuzzo, your depth guy scoring, that's when you can sort of feel confident that your team, especially with the Blues, that that we were kind of firing on every cylinders because I feel like that's what Blues hockey was, was not necessarily relying on their top guys to score every time, but getting those depth goals. So I felt pretty confident after that. And then, of, of course, 30 seconds later, uh, Joakim Nordstrom scored in a backhand. I don't really remember that goal, but uh, they put the Bruins up 2-1. And then... Uh, I just remember Four that goal minutes. hurting. Like, I felt that goal yeah. in my chest, bro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're just getting hyped up for the Bertuzzi like, goal, and you're just like, oh. <laughs> um, but then who else? Four minutes later, Vladimir Tarasenko, 10th goal of the postseason on a wrist shot. Ties things up at two uh, to close out the first. And then second and third period, absolute back and forth. Um, and then the Blues come out, you know, end of the third, really putting on a lot of pressure. Carl Gunnarsson fires a clapper off the crossbar and that's when i kind of felt like oh no that was it that was the one we needed um you could see in the players faces too like yep and not that they didn't expect carl to score but like i mean kind of okay bortz and carl scored in the same game like come on 
Yeah. There's, there's some magic happening there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then, um, and then we head into overtime and the Blues just put on the most dominant performance I've ever seen out of a hockey team in overtime. Puck didn't even leave their zone for the entire, entire time. Three minutes, 51 seconds in Carl Gutterson, almost the exact same shot pulls up a clapper from the blue line, top corner and in. Uh, Blues get their first win in Stanley Cup history. Uh, it's tied up one one going back to St. Louis. I'm feeling absolutely great at this point. But before we before we just talk about the end of this game and get to the rest of the games, I got to talk about instead of instead of my favorite playoff goal because that's that's definitely up there as one of my favorite playoff goals. I got to talk about my favorite protein bar, Tommy. Yeah, Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. <laughs> Like I said, they're tasty. It's a protein bar, but it tastes like a candy bar. You got 16 amazing flavors, all of them with chocolate, eight of them with nuts, eight of them without nuts, but 100% completely covered in chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They're healthy. They're good for you. They're great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while still indulging in a delicious treat, which is awesome. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Tommy, let's talk about peanut butter brownie, my favorite flavor. Cannot get enough of it. Peanut butter brownie, got 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, 3 grams of net carbs. So it tastes absolutely amazing while still being really good for you, which is awesome. And the best part is there's an offer. You can go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. And we'll be right back with the end of this game and the next few games in the series. Dude, I'm gonna let you know right now. I tried I tried that yeah. raspberry built bar the yeah. other day. Oh my yeah. god. Amazing. Ooh. Top notch. Sounds delicious. It, it might have moved up to my one of my top three for sure. Oh man. Um I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to try that out. All right, so Tommy, let me take you back. It's the night of it's the night of game two. It is um to be exact, it is May 29th. And you're heading into overtime. What are your thoughts heading into that overtime? Uh, I don't know. I feel like the Blues had played a really good game. Obviously, second and third, it was back and forth. Um, but I feel I felt like the Blues were a puck possession team, and I feel like they had so much overtime experience in the season as well. Like mm-hmm. they had a good chance going into it, and Ryan O'Reilly was going to be big on the faceoffs. I mean, oh yeah. Oh yeah, and then so I remember I was pretty nervous. I was like, okay, this is probably a must-win game. Yeah, um, you don't want to go down 2-0. Obviously, it's not insurmountable, but you really want to win this game. Huge overtime coming up, and then just seeing them come out and uh, just dominate purely. I mean, it was it was it was truly unreal. Like the the pure puck possession, the the dominance that they showed there, and then like I said, a guy like Carl Gunnarsson getting the goal. Just holy moly! That might have been one of the most euphoric moments of the entire playoff run for me. Just seeing your team score in overtime yeah. in the Stanley Cup final, and obviously the urinal conversation. I mean, classic, legendary as well. So classic. I mean, let's run that back for people who who are maybe may not be aware. So I mean, if you somehow didn't see it, video came out uh, after that game where Craig Ruby walks into the locker room and goes, all right, boys, I got to tell you a story. Uh, in between the third period and overtime, I was uh, taking a piss and, and good old Carl Gunnarsson walks up uh, to Craig Ruby and, and, he, and he told him like, uh, you know, because referring to the, the, the post he just hit in regulation, he goes, coach, just give me one more shot. I just need one more shot. Uh, and sure enough, he comes out in overtime after that legendary urinal. Uh, Whips it in there. Yeah, that legendary urinal prophecy comes true. 
fires a <laughs> the clap bomb. The prophecy foretold. The prophecy foretold comes out, rips an absolute clap bomb. Amazing. Uh, top corner, absolutely legendary story. One of my favorite moments to come out of the the cup run in, in its entirety. Um, so I was feeling pretty good after that game. I'm like, oh boy, we're we're winning this thing. Let's go back to St. Louis. Uh, we're gonna take these two games. It's over. Bruins don't cut nothing on us. I was definitely riding pretty high after that game. Um, yeah. And then the next game happened. Oh, man. Ugh. I'm pretty sure I ended up turning this game off. So, uh, next game, Blues come out. All right. They come out decent, you know, playing at home. Look a little look a little nervous, but they're playing fairly well. Take a power play early on, and who else but Patrice Bergeron comes in and tips in a a pretty nice goal for goal one. I mean, you can't really complain about that goal. Nice goal. Good tipping. And then the Blues kind of weather the storm for the rest of the period. And then um, 17 minutes into the period, about two minutes left, Charlie Coyle scores on a tough little wrist shot. I mean, not the best goal to give up, but not the worst in the world. At that point, I was a little nervous. I'm like, okay. Blue's got a bear down, go to the third period, down two, come out firing. And then, oh, God, Tommy. Oh, this was the one, bro. No. Sean Corrali from the blue line fires in a little fluttering knuckle puck that just squirts through Bennington, and the Bruins go up 3 nothing with 10 seconds left in the period. I think that's one the one that broke the camel's back that game. Yeah, that one hurt. That one. Because the coil one hurt, hurt in and of itself, just because it was so late in the period, and then to just to do it again with Corrali. Dude, oh my that God. That one hurt. And I'm like, and okay. 41 seconds into the second. 41 seconds into the second, David Pasternak scores on the power play again. Yeah. Put us up 4 nothing, and I think that's when I knew. I'm like, okay. Yikes. Is that, I think that might have been when. Did Bennington start the second or no? Uh, I think he did. I think he probably got pulled after. I think he did. I think people were expecting him not to, but then he came back out. Yep. Sanford uh, scores one to get the Blues within three, but then a minute later, Tory Krug scores again on the power play. I think that's the goal. 5-1. I think think the Krug goal is the one where they yanked uh, Bennington. Yeah, so Bennington gets yanked for the first time in in, in the postseason. Colton Prego comes out, makes a 5-2, but then the Bruins get two more, uh, an empty netter and a power play goal. 7-2 final. This was the lowest point for me in terms of cup final. I'm like, that's it. It's over. We're done. I don't see how we could we could uh, recover from that. But then my, my then my mentality kind of shifted. I'm like, well, you know what? We're not going to have a much worse game than that. Um, so, uh, hey, maybe it's not all that bad. Uh, you know, that's the bottom of the barrel. We've gotten all the yips out officially. Let's 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 hope we can recover. You know, it's only two one. Could be a lot worse. Um, and yeah, sure enough, we we. I mean, history foretold it, but that was tough. That was a really tough game. <laughs> Definitely a, a low point for me in terms of yeah seven seven penalties I believe for the Blues Ugh. not uh, not great not great looks no not not the best looks in the world um that was a tough one that was definitely a ball breaker and they outshot uh Boston as well so yeah yep yeah that was a really d- d- uh, tough, brutal loss. Um, I felt like there was no coming back from that. Initially, at first, I was pretty broken up about it. Yeah. Um, you know, I was worried. And then Ryan O'Reilly scores 
43 seconds in. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. <laughs> game four. Game out hot. four. Yeah, yeah, around, I believe. So I remember bad. that goal. Beautiful goal. The Blues, uh, the Blues, when they were dominant, they would score early on. They would score quickly. And sure enough, 43 seconds in, Ryan and Riley's like, all right, we're not, we're not losing this game. Wrap around. Beautiful goal. Uh, his fourth of the playoffs. Um, what was that? Was that his? Is this the beginning of his um, his dominant streak in the in the cup final when he scored goals in like five straight games? Um, possibly. Did he score last so. game? I, I don't know if he scored last game. No, he didn't. So this was the beginning for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ryan O'Reilly officially starts his dominance in the in the Blues postseason run. Um, Scores, the team on his back, dude. Yeah, puts the team on his back, scores a opening goal, make it one nothing for the Blues. Forty three seconds in. Blues ride that momentum. Um Charlie Coyle scores a scores a equalizer. Um a couple minutes later, thirteen minutes into the period. Uh at that point it was a little 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 nerve wracking, a little shaky. I'm like, oh boy, they have to blow a lead again. But then Vladimir Tarasenko just two minutes after that on a wrister from Petrangelo and Shen scores a beautiful goal to make it two one. Second period, pretty pretty back and forth um, until Brandon Cor- Carlo gets gets a little lucky on a short on a shorthanded goal. Uh, you know, Bergeron and Marchand on the penalty kill. Whenever those guys are out there, you got to watch out. And sure enough, they took advantage. I remember that goal. That was like a two on one with a yeah. rebound. So that was a, a tough goal. You know, Blues had a lot of momentum. Bruins got one little break and um, scored a shorty to make it two two. Then the third period starts, and who but Ryan O'Reilly about halfway through scores and a tip in from the point from Petrangelo uh, to make it three to two. And the Blues didn't really look back after that. Braden Shen scored a nice empty netter with a minute and a half left, and the Blues even the series up, uh, heading back to uh, heading back to Boston for the next game. And before we dissect this game, let's take our last little short break, and then we'll and then we'll get into that. All right, Tommy. So at this that point, third, on that last game though, that third period too, uh, Boston had four shots on goal in the entire period. Yeah, and that's what I think. That's kind of started the spell of like the lockdown D, <laughs> locked on D, locked on <laughs> the Blues, locked on baby. Oh, they had oh. they had a couple periods after the game. That game, I feel like, where they were just yeah, like, three shots, two shots, like just absolutely insane. Yeah, they were doing that earlier in the playoffs too. So. Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely, uh, hugely important game right there. You don't want to go down three uh, one. Game five, uh, setting yourself up for a really pivotal game five. Uh, but the Blues really show that they have what it takes. I think that was like the first. I mean, obviously the the uh, overtime game was a great win, but I think that was like the first game that they really. Obviously, the first game that they won in regulation, obviously in the cup final, but the first game that they really outright won, you know, didn't just rely on like a five minute flurry in overtime, but really just 60 minutes of hard nosed dominant hockey show that they belong, show that they were capable of making this a series. And I think at this point, that's when I started thinking, I'm like, this might go seven. Um, yeah. Just a little like like a backstory. Um, I planned. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I've talked about this, but like my girlfriend who's from DC, I was in Boston obviously for the summer. We planned the trip like you know towards the end of the school year before the NHL playoffs even started. We planned a planned a trip for her to come visit me um, in Boston. And as the playoffs continue, I'm like, huh, your your visit to me is going to be right around the cup, the cup final. How interesting. Um, and then the days got closer and I looked at it and I'm like, Oh my God, if this cup final goes to seven games, 
you will you, the day you get here, the day after you get here will be game seven. <laughs> Interesting. So there's a lot of pressure on that. And sure enough, like after that happened, I was like, oh boy, you know, because I'm already dealing with my all my Bruins fan neighbors and mm-hmm. and 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 family. I'm like, oh man, now just another just another name to add to the mix uh, of chaos. <laughs> this game seven prophecy started to come through even more. Because like obviously the last thing I want to do is watch Game Seven between my my favorite team and my dad and my best friend's favorite team. Right. Yeah. And then having my girlfriend meet my family for the first time amidst that. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. It was. It was. It was stressful. A lot of emotions going on. <laughs> A lot of emotions going on. I can't imagine like what would have happened if they had lost Game Seven on like day two of my girlfriend visiting me. I would have been like, "Sorry, you, you got to just go home. I'm too yeah. sad." <laughs> um. No. Instead, I got to. You know, she was there that night. Uh, videos on Twitter, so that it worked out well. But I mean, that was the that was the first time. Like after the game, I'm like, oh boy, game seven. Uh, ooh, might actually might actually happen. Be a real thing, yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, think I felt good after that game. Like I'm, I was pretty confident, but I was also nervous because I'm like, man, these have been really back and forth games. Uh, this definitely could go either way. There wasn't really an indication of which team was better up until that point. It really felt like there were two really evenly matched teams. So my my nerves are pretty high after that game. Obviously, I was psyched, but I was prepared. I was sort of getting getting to the expectation of these next three games or these next few games are going to be absolutely grinded out, you know, bloodbaths, and they were. But it was fun nonetheless. Yeah, it was. Yeah. All right. Game five, right? Well, we'll, uh, we'll we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna stop there, I think, because uh, we're not at the one year anniversary of Game Five yet. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, not quite yeah, there yeah. yet. That was a big game, though. That was the yeah the trip. What <laughs> trip? I don't know what you're talking about. Completely just the goal. Yeah. Um, no, but see, yeah, he did kind of kick his leg up. We'll, we'll get in. We'll save that for next episode. Um, yeah, so one year anniversary of game five is coming up on the sixth. Whether we wait that long, we'll see um, if we have enough other stuff to talk about. But yeah, so a year ago today, we we would have just or today would have been that game four that we talked about. So we're getting close to the one year anniversary of uh, of the Stanley Cup win. So we're we're gonna look forward to walking you guys through all those games through our perspective over these next few days, these next few episodes. Um, I know we broke down a couple um, today, but uh, as we get closer to the last few games, we'll probably go into a lot more depth um, just since there were so meaningful, memorable games. Um, game six, not so much, but we'll probably have a nice special for game seven uh, to really talk about that and get into that. Oh, I don't know. Other than that, you got anything else to say to our lovely listeners, Tommy? Um, not really. Not really. Not All really. right. All right. Well, hey, go check out Locked on NHL. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, go check out Locked on NHL. They got a great show over there. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Locked on Blues to stay completely up to date with all the episode news and stuff like that. Hope you guys are enjoying the new audio setup that we've got going. I know we noticed some difference. Crispy, bro. Yeah, it does sound crispy. Sounds so um, nice. Like we talked about before the episode, you know, do your part. Yeah, Joey's not here, but uh, we'll work on that. Just kidding. Love you, Joey. Love you, Joey. <laughs> uh, yeah, like we said before the episode, uh, don't, you know, don't stay silent. Speak up. Take action. Do your part. Um, we don't even really touch on that anymore. Um, but yeah, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Locked On Blues. Uh, you know, stay safe this week. Uh, make good decisions. Uh, it's a really trying time for everyone. So we hope that we have been able to provide you with at least about twenty minutes of entertainment in these tough times. 
uh, yeah, I think that's all we got for today. So thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.